0: Welcome to Fun and Fundraising, everybody—the podcast where we talk with the people behind the top nonprofit fundraisers and galas, how, and how they showcase how they positively impact their communities. I am your host Rob Giardinelli, and today I am absolutely delighted to have Simone Witcha on with us. And Simone is the director of the Blanton Museum of Art, who has, you know, not only a gala coming up but a whole series of fun events to commemorate their 60th anniversary. Simone. Welcome and congratulations on this great milestone.
1: Thank you so much, Rob, I'm thrilled to be here.
0: Well, thank you so much, you know, thank you so much for being here. So, you know, for those of those, you know, the Blanton is a very major museum throughout Texas, but for those who may not necessarily be familiar with Austin or been to Austin for a while, talk a little bit about what the mission of the Blanton Museum is.
1: Absolutely. So the Blanton is um, the art museum for the University of Texas at Austin, but we have a dual role. Um, We're both committed to being that great museum for that great university in our um, state capital, but we're also the art museum for the city of Austin. And by that, I mean we are the kind of principal collecting arts institution in the city. Um, We have about 21,000 works of art in our collection, and it is the most significant art collection in our region, actually, of Central Texas. Um, We're also the museum that has the ability to um, organize and um, not just show that collection in our galleries that we have dedicated to it, but also a temporary exhibition space where we can bring world-class traveling art exhibitions into the city of Austin because of our facility, organize our own exhibitions, um, partnerships with museums across the world. And so we're the principal art museum being able to provide that for the city. Um, We're a place that's very committed to um, a couple core values to us, um, education. So we're very committed to engaging art in the kind of experience for students at UT. That's obvious as part of a UT uh, music program, but we're also the Principal Art Museum serving the K-12 community in Austin, very deeply committed to kind of supporting um, education and public programs in our community. And I think one of the things that makes us unique or part of what I feel very proud of is that Um, We have worked very hard to build a museum that is welcoming, that's approachable, that is kind of unexpected, beautiful um, museum experience, but it has that kind of world class, the way Austin is, the way UT is, we're committed to um, kind of being on a national stage, thinking internationally with partners but also being down to earth and welcoming and friendly and approachable and helping visitors just, you know, whether they know about art or they've never experienced it, you know, kind of being able to see something about the world or themselves as their visit and it being a kind of fun, approachable place as well. So that that is a bit of what we're trying to do at the Blanton. Um, and I think we do it well.
0: You really do do it well. And what I love about the mission and you you're talking about it is art is really meant for something for everybody to enjoy. And I think sometimes people forget that, that they think it's, you know, for a narrow swath of the population. And I just love that your approach to art and, you know, the Blanton's approach to art over the years has really been, you know, extremely welcoming and you all really do a wonderful job having such a diverse array of different types of exhibits, you know, not just featuring local artists, but really, you know, art collections and artists. And cultural artifacts from all over the world, so it really is a you know a great space for people to actually go and see you know not just stuff locally but you know far beyond Texas as well.
1: Yeah, thank you for saying that. Um, it it is it, it is a jewel in the city in the university, but um, it is also just kind of I think one of the um, for me one of the for me is the reason I live in Austin. I, I went to UT, so I'm a grad, and I'm very proud of that. But it is. Um, a thrill to help be part of this growth of Austin, having been part of this growth of Austin for many years and building an art museum that is now nationally recognized um, across the country that is regularly written up and featured in the New York times, or, you know, I think what is happening at the Blanton is looked at across the world. Um, you know, what we're doing makes a different, but difference, but I just also love being in a place that is that kind of, an accomplished cultural institution, a respected, you know, group of staff members, but also, you know, just a really kind of down-to-earth and, and friendly institution. Like that's been very much part of our commitment to try and keep it that way.
0: So a lot of this growth that's really happened in the last decade along with Austin has really been, you know, because of your stewardship and your successful leadership of of, you know, of the Blanton. And when I hear you talk, you are just, you've got such a passion and a conviction about the organization. You know, tell us, you know, how you got involved with the museum and, you know, what makes you so passionate about the Blanton?
1: I got involved with the museum. I was living in New York City, working in a museum in New York. And I was, I'd been there in the city uh, for a decade, working in the arts um, at performing arts and uh, visual arts institutions. I worked at, at Juilliard. I worked um, with different kind of cultural institutions, Brooklyn, Philharmonic. I had been working specifically at a museum called the Noguchi Museum. Um, I'd also worked prior to that in, in Washington, D.C. at the Kennedy Center briefly, kind of got a start there at a, a production of uh, something called the Hispanic Heritage Awards. I was, um, I, I mentioned I'd gone to UT. Um, I went to UT, but I studied mathematics. I thought I was going to become a mathematician um i went to new york to to work on wall street that's where i thought i was going to spend my life and i got there and i said no it's not what i want to do and i want to work in something i care deeply about if i can you know figure out the business side and support whatever that world i was going to go into might have been supporting why can't i do that for something i care deeply about and so I, i pivoted very quickly um and began a career in the arts and very frankly i i was thrilled i didn't necessarily think i was going to leave new york i was um in arts management doing you know work that i was very proud of i was down in austin visiting a friend um college friend actually my college roommate and started thinking like maybe i'd want to come back here at the time this is 17 years ago austin was in a very different place um But there were a couple key things that were happening. The Long Center was about to open. Yes, The Blanton's new building was about to come about. I didn't know that. Um, But in my kind of not very um, good at taking vacations way, I decided, (laughs) you know what? I'm curious what the Austin art scene looks like. And I I reached out to a couple people. um, And one of the people I reached out to then was the former director, Jesse Otto Height. And I I just said, you know, what's going on in Austin? Like, what is the arts? What do Mm -hmm. the arts look like? um and then she basically recruited me not was not my plan to come down to Austin and I'm thrilled she did um because they were about to open the Blanton um in its new building so the Blanton's been around for 60 years um and what I loved about it was um Austin is such a great city but I could see that it was this moment of change that Austin was going through back then I could see that these were really important cultural institutions that were going to help define the city um, I particularly have been working in the arts. I felt like this is a place that I could actually see my career, you know, continuing to move in. Um, and as somebody that had gone to UT and was a math major and art was equally important to me, the opportunity to be at a place, too, where for me, one of the programs I've been very proud of since I've been director for 12 years of that time um, was, you know, again, art is part of everyone's life. It does not, doesn't have to yes. be for the art connoisseur. And, You know having physics majors come in to an art museum to talk about their subject and like they're not you know it's not for necessarily an art history lesson and so that same kind of respect that is artists are responding to the world and people can engage with art in whatever lens they're walking into the door with so i just thought it was this opportunity to be part of a moment of growth for the city and for arts in this city and so I was right about that and um, i (laughs) didn't know where austin was going but (laughs) has it gone somewhere it was just like extraordinary where austin has gone since so
0: It, it really has and i want to touch upon a couple of things you you know you talked about and one is You proactively reached out to your predecessor just to talk about the, you know, talk about the art scene, you know, no agenda, nothing, you just wanted to kind of know. And it just, to me, it showcases, and especially with fundraising and especially with galas, networking is such a key critical thing. And the fact that you took the initiative to do that, I can see why they reached back out to you, you know, when they were ready to do a transition to a new director to have you helmet because you had, that innate sense of how important networking is, not just to the Blanton, but just with donors and with the public at large.
1: You know, I think networking, and I think the other thing that's really important, and I'm I'm very mindful of this, and it's been part of the way I lead, is is understanding landscape, and I by that I mean like what's the ecosystem, where are things at, who's at where, what's the um I, when I was in New York I spent some time working for a cultural um strategy uh institution where we were would help institutions think about growth and where they were like is the donor base there for you who is your donor base is the kind of political not, not I don't mean politics like we talked today but just like the, the the institutions you need to get your work done um there and so I think understanding that I'm very I, I find that fascinating I find like I, I see myself almost like an institution builder I, I kind of love looking at the the landscape around and that landscape is a combination of people who have very different reasons to be engaged Mm -hmm. and understanding that and understanding where you can go and who who's there with you and who are your partners and who cares um and you can't do that figuring that out on your own i mean it is a it is a world that you need to like take the time to you know it's always changing so as soon as you know it there's another you know group of people and um I think that's incredibly important and it is absolutely key to like makes uh, an event like a gala successful too.
0: Absolutely. Well, you talked about ecosystem. So I, I th- that's a perfect segue to the next thing I wanted to talk about and that is, you know, the 60th and the gala that's coming up is really kind of kicking off really, you know, several weeks of really amazing things that have come to fruition. And one of those is the New Grounds Initiative. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and how that's really kind of helped transform really the northern end of downtown Austin?
1: Sure. So um, like you said, we have a gala on our next gala is April um, 29th. It'll be the celebration of our 60th anniversary. And they launch in the very first time we're showing to Um, an audience, the kind of unveiling of our New Grounds Initiative, which has been a project long in the making. It's a transformative project for the Blanton. Um, I mentioned the Blanton has a 60-year history, but it also has a new complex that it it built about 17 years ago, the facility that we have lived in, which is a really wonderful facility and its kind of ability to provide us the gallery and the storage and all the basement that we need for all the work of the museum. One of the things that I felt early on and became very clear when we opened the Blanton in this new facility 17 years ago is that our grounds kind of didn't quite work for us, so it was hard for people to, there was no place to congregate. It wasn't even clear completely that it was an art museum. How our buildings worked together wasn't clear. We were very committed to serving the community. and so the university actually made an, uh, a, a point to locate it on the edge of campus right down the street from the Capitol. So it's kind of like at a front door for the university trying to be, you know, very much purposely working in these both worlds. But it didn't kind of, it wasn't clear um, in the kind of outside, the kind of envelope of the museum. People often didn't understand it was an art museum. They couldn't figure out where to go. You couldn't figure out where our front door was. So there are some things that were like incredibly successful. And then there's this moment of like, okay, we need to get a few more things right here. And especially if we really want to be welcoming, especially if we want to be world-class, especially if we want it to be a place where people are lingering and thinking and enjoying their visit, like where are they lingering? They're having great experiences. We worked, you know, the last... Decade or so, really strengthening our exhibition program. And so, this was a natural next phase. I've been working on it for the past 12 years personally and trying to get it to where it is today. Um, And it's gone through like the kind of goal was always there, like how to get there has gone steps, you know, you step over to the left and you take a couple steps forward, you take one step, you know, it's like a dance all the way there. Um, key moments in that history, obviously, building the Ellsworth Kelly on our grounds that was the first anchor I stopped the whole kind of architecture project and said okay let's get you know this extraordinary opportunity to bring this world class um, work of art with you know one of the great artists American artists, one of the great contemporary modern artists of time. Um, And it transformed us, but then it was immediately, actually while I was working on those with Kelly, let's continue the kind of larger development of our grounds and had the good fortune of hiring Snohetta, a world-class architecture firm, um, kind of working all over the world. Uh, I happened to hear in a conversation that one of the head partners um, was a UT alum and was on campus talking to the School of Architecture. So at the time I asked my assistant, I just heard that Craig Daggers over there. Could you see if, if he might want to have come coffee with me? Um, and I, I was having conversations with architects saying like, what are you seeing here? Cause there's, yeah. we, we need to get this right. And so this is a culmination of that particular project of redeveloping our grounds. And um, its intention is to be um, all the things I described at the beginning, a place that's approachable and welcoming and part of our community. Um, It's also a place for us to program where um, thanks to a major grant from the Moody foundation, we're able to really move it forward along with other key donors in our community. Um, So we're going to have stages and it's just going to transform how people see and experience the Blanton.
0: That's amazing. Now I, you know, the Ellsworth, I mean, I remember how major that was when that announcement was done to have such a prolific artist choose the city. And I think, you know, it, 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 it kind of was like the patient zero of that, you know, now you have Robert De Niro leaving, you know, his papers at the mm-hmm. Ransom Center just to the North of you, mm-hmm. you know, what is one piece of advice that you would give to an organization looking to work with a high profile person such as El- you know, Ellsworth Kelly before he passed, what piece of advice would you give to somebody in, in, in terms of just doing a reach out and engaging and networking with them?
1: Well, um, you know, Elsworth Kelly did not know us, uh, know the Blanton, um, when we began the conversation. There was many ways that, you know, that I, I won't go through the start of it, but I think one of the key things in kind of earning uh, the trust, because that's is very much about trust, right? Even like if you're honoring somebody at a gala, it's about they're, they're trusting Absolutely. you. They're lending their name. In this case, this artist is um, leaving part of his legacy in your hands. And in that case, it's even... Um, it was building that legacy. It was actually bringing that legacy to life, right? This work of art that required a partnership with us. And again, it gets back to that partnership and the trust. And in this case with a, a significant artist, um, you're there, you know, your community, you're their eyes and ears on the ground. You need to be able to understand who they are and what's important to them. And, um, being able to kind of really listen to them and really see their world and understand your world, because you are the spokesperson for your world, the best, you know, that best. And, and it's like being able to translate it and being able to get them to trust that this is why we're doing in a certain way. This is why we need to go in this way. But here I hear you, and this is, you know, we're going to meet what you need, um, but this is what this community needs. And by that, I mean, you know, for us building a work of art like that, you know, I had to go through thinking about like, you know, an air conditioning system and building this work of art that has fire protection. And like, how do we navigate visitors through it? Well, you know, the artist isn't thinking that, right? They're thinking right. about create this work of art. And so being able to really, I think that they hear you and, and trust that what you're going to um add to it is not um in lieu of kind of what they value and is important. and I think that's a very practical kind of building um conversation, but it's not that different anytime somebody's putting a trust in in your hands because um if you're honoring somebody or if you're partnering with somebody, they're they're lending who they are and their their kind of values and their way of approaching things. and so it's not dictating to you what you need to do, but it's kind of meet, you're you're in charge of making sure both both kind of needs are met through the process. Does that Absolutely. make sense?
0: Yeah, you meet in a common space, in a common location. And I think what you said about perspective is so important because that is, especially with an artist, right. perspective is something they're really going to understand. So you being able to talk about things from Ellsworth's perspective or his team's perspective, really allowed for that to really come to fruition in, in a unique way. And I think your keen sense of being able to do that and understand that and really taking from really your professional experience and kind of, you know, taking it out of art, but putting it into relationship, I think is really wonderful.
1: Yeah. And you're, you're their advocate. You have to be their advocate. And if you're, if you're not and that advocate means going sometimes in in you know quiet and saying, Okay, like I hear what you're saying, but we need to do this and how do we go around it? Because there's this other barrier we need to get over here and we need to get that done. And you know, so, sometimes it's like being an advocate is also trying to um having the right conversation in the right place with the right team and thinking through it together. So like being, you know, partners and solving it rather. I and I think just that requires being politically savvy to understand before you fall into a hole i think that is really important i like looking ahead and like okay let me flag this because this might right. this is this may not be something you love but like we're, how do we tackle this um so i think you know i think it also means looking ahead while you're also being an advocate for them so you can help them navigate that and they're not surprised because i think that's one of the things that people lose trust when they are surprised by things and it's your responsibility that they're not too surprised
0: Yes, absolutely. You want to, you know, and not that curveballs don't happen, but if they do, all you know, the time, you know, you you just you have to deal with them. You have to be direct about yep. it, and if you're upfront yep. about it, and you just yep. say, you know, we didn't see yep. this coming, yep. but so long as you have a plan and in action, you yep. can you you can take things and keep yep. the dialogue and keep yep. the vision and keep the plan yep. moving.
1: And you know, that's obviously you know each one has its subtleties, but I think broadly, and whether you were uh, obviously the great honor of my life is having worked with Elsworth Kelly and, and his partner, Jack Shear on this project. Um, but, you know, taking it to, with the architects today, and these are world-class architects and, uh, and their vision, then what campus needs and what a department over here is needing and like, you know, what the staff is. Need. And it's just, there's a lot of, um, again, part of being a cultural institution is there's a lot of different stakeholders and your job is, kind of hearing each one and giving it its respect and, and but also being the advocate for the project that's moving forward. So.
0: That's wonderful. And, you know, let's, you know, let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about the upcoming gala. So yeah. you all do, you know, and I know you 2021, because of the pandemic, it didn't happen, but you all have historically done a biennial gala, which, you know, for anyone who's not familiar with that term, basically means a gala is done once every other year. So, you know, how do you think, you know, the, reservation, that may not even be the right word, but how do you think that having something every other year and not as frequently makes the event and makes the night more special?
1: Well, it it was my preference. Well, I, I kind of started this doing every other year for, for a couple reasons. And every once in a while, I question like, are we, you know, should we change um, or not? I, I still don't think, I don't think we should. Um, there's a couple of reasons. We are the kind of, again, Museum for Austin. And uh, there's really an effort to kind of build our relationship in Austin. But again, that part of being a part of UT. And so because of the UT reach, and then now because the Blanton itself is such a strong national museum, we have board members and donors all over the state of Texas, all over the country. And so um, practically speaking, having kind of one moment where the everyone comes together to celebrate felt much more manageable every other year than every year because it's a lot easier i think every year when the majority of your audience is right there in your community um it is um the other benefit is we're able to do it kind of bigger and really lean into it and not just feel like there's that event again there's that event again and so there's there's some element of like it it makes it more special people are like okay like, like they really like, it's, it's less often, it's more special. Um, And then there's a third part of it. And this is the practical fundraiser in me, um, which is uh, uh, building a donor base and the kind of off years really focusing that same audience or a broader audience, um, you know, or that same audience that's coming to the gala, and really just focusing on kind of the mission of the museum much more directly. Obviously, a gala is about the mission of the museum and the benefit of a gala versus just a fundraising without a gala is that it it's a moment to be together, to celebrate, to dress up, to like, look at, like, look at this place we're investing yeah. in. So there's this moment of celebration, but then in the off year, it's also like, look at the program we're doing. And it's not that people aren't looking at the program, but it kind of lets us toggle back and forth a little more. Um, if, you know, it's not necessarily something I would prescribe to every institution, it works really well for us.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, every organization has to, you know, figure out what, what the right, you know, what the right cadence is. And Mm -hmm. I like ones that are a little bit less frequent because they do, there's a little bit more levity in, in the, in the gals I've gone to that are not every year, there's yeah. definitely a little bit more levity and there's definitely more, I don't want to say people are more present, that's the wrong term, but I think people are really, they 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 more go out of their way to go every other year and they'll make it happen when it's a little bit less frequent.
1: Yeah, I, I feel that, you know, here's like, it, you know, it doesn't feel like, oh, I have to get dressed up and go to this thing again out of obligation because it's like my community, you know, it's right. It's special. It's like it's a it's a party. There's an element of it. It's like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting to go to this. It's, of course. Maybe I'm just hearing that because I'm, you know, close. <laughs> like there's probably other people in the no, background like oh I hear gosh, that I... too.
0: So um, <laughs> so no, I assure you that's correct. And, you know, let's, you know, let's talk about something you were talking about in that answer. And that was, you know, the fact that, you know, you do have an audience from multiple markets. And, you know, one of the reasons I think people are always so apprehensive to go to things in other markets is they're afraid that they're not going to know anybody. Right. And when you've got people from multiple markets and it's really been part of your strategy in your dna that really allows you know an event to be more fun in what ways do you think having people from multiple different cities makes you know makes an event whether it's your gala or any other event you've ever been to more fun
1: well you know first of all i think it it is i i I understand that kind of going to an event and it's a social moment in you know, there's some benefit in knowing more people that you can chat with. But there's also something nice about going somewhere and not seeing the same people you see all the time. And so that, I think, adds adds to it. And it also, I think it makes people who are going to the event that most people are going to the event because they think this institution matters in some way, whether they're a guest or certainly somebody who's purchased a table and, and mm-hmm. investing in this this night for the museum. And so I think there's some pride in like, wow, look at all these people that support this institution I care about. And I didn't know who they were. Like, I know right. my, my friends who care, but there's something in, I think, in this part of what the gala is meant to do, right? It's like, look at all these people that care about this place or are curious enough to come and figure out what this place is and so that is the point in my opinion of the gala the point of the gala is is a moment to like be with other people and reflect on like why this place matters Whether you're doing it verbally or you're just there together for that night. Um, And so I think by having people that you don't know from different markets, there is pride in that kind of larger, like, oh, somebody flew in from Chicago for this, or they might not know that specifically, but it's a larger world in the world, you know. Um, There's also just something fun and, I mean, people have a different idea of what a black tie is and different you know for us it's very curious when i get when i get calls from houston (laughs) like their idea of a black tie is very different than 15 years ago what austin's idea of a black tie is and you know you're like trying to like like (laughs) give advice on dress code and you're knowing what world they're coming from and so that's always kind of fun um yeah i think there's an energy and a kind of bigness that it adds and it feels very texas to me to to kind of have that um you know i i love when we have a table from san antonio and a group from dallas and houston and such as, or new york and it 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 feels very special for us um i think the flip side of it is again we try really hard to be a welcoming friendly place and so setting the tone in our stuff you know works really hard to hopefully make people feel welcome it's a, a little harder with 400 people at, all at once but i think right not feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm walking into is important to us, even when you're walking into our galleries like on a Saturday. So mm-hmm. we try to carry that over to our gala as well.
0: That's really good. And and speaking of the gala, tell us a little bit about what we can expect at this year's gala.
1: So um, at this year's gala, we again are going to for the very, I think the most special part of this year's gala is the very first time that we're walking onto our grounds and seeing our grounds. We're going to um, we uh, one of the beauties of the Blanton Gala and, and very frankly many galas at art museums is that we have an extraordinary setting and so you get to be Absolutely. at the museum in this case we're having dinner outside um, in a tent in our new outdoor moody patio which is a view to one side to the Capitol, a view to the other to Ellsworth Kelly. Um, the kind of magnificent snowed, uh, like petals that are on our grounds yes. that you have to see to understand, um, but create this kind of welcoming arch entrance and this kind of um, feature for the museum that we will be sitting under. Um, we're starting the gala reception or the welcoming um, in our new welcome center of the museum, the visitor center. It has an extraordinary new work of art. Part of these grounds project includes... Wow one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five major art commissions. Um, and so it's the first time that we're experiencing those art commissions. Um, the piece that is, it's actually going in next week by an artist named Gabriel Daw, uh, it lives in Dallas, originally from Mexico. Um, the Carmen Herrera mural that is gonna flank the kind of di- diner sp- dini- dining space, which is normally our patio um uh, an extraordinary sound art or f- the first sound gallery that we know of um in the country in, in the world oh. um uh, the new Butler Sound Gallery, which is uh w- yes. we took part of our outdoor space and have created a, a gallery dedicated sound art and that first piece will be unveiled. Um, so it's going to be a-, a really a moment of It's a wonderful dinner um and um a kind of paddles up opportunity for people to you know support the museum. But I, we think really kind of a fun and a first look at what, you know the the
0: new Blanton. That's amazing, and just having all those major commissions there. I mean, there, and you really, it's so thoughtful because there's literally something for everybody, even sound. So if someone's visually impaired, they can still go into the space and they can enjoy just the sound, you know, the sound of art. I, I just think that's really just a wonderful thoughtful yeah. addition to the collection
1: yeah no in the sound gallery i i we can't i can't wait for it to be unveiled we just had it's uh work by an artist named bill fontana he's created this piece and one, one of the things i love about it if i just uh, one second about it is the artist is um captured sound from austin and central texas of nature so our birds and the sounds of what the cypress trees sound like in Wimberley and the sounds of uh, Bracken's cave. And like, it's just like, it's a symphony of the gorgeous natural sounds that we, you know, may not all get to hear all the time, or we just like in the background, we we don't even remember to hear. And so it's a celebration of, of um, Austin's Kind of nature and natural world, and he's created this gorgeous symphony about it. So it's a new way for people. Also, it's it's part of our new entrance. Kind of people will walk through that coming to our front door. So that will be part of our our celebration as well.
0: Well, that just sounds. I mean, the whole night just sounds like really it's going to be an amazing time and a whole lot of fun. I'm so excited to be, you know, be able to be a part of it too. Yeah,
1: thrilled you can as well.
0: Yeah, it's just wonderful and. Uh, you know, tell us about what the funds from this year's gala are going to go and benefit because there, there's a whole lot it takes to run a museum. So, yeah. you know, tell us specifically kind of what the funds will benefit this year. So the,
1: the, b- the funds every year and this year, especially they, they benefit our exhibition program and they benefit our education program. So both our K through 12 program that I talked about, Mm -hmm. uh, um, being able to bring, you know, 18,000 school children from Austin to the city every year to the Blanton every year. Um, the student teaching we do on campus, um, and our public programs as well, but it is very much the core and the heart of our, our mission. And, um, that is what these funds directly impact. And it, it, um, helps us be the museum we are and serve our community in the way we're committed to.
0: That's really, you know, that's great. And it it just goes to show, you know, good people can really do good things when they really come together to really, for the whole community to to enjoy. And, you know, it's just, it's wonderful that you have this space and it's really, you're the center now of a world-class museum district in Austin. And I just think that's that it's just so cool to just see like you were talking about earlier in the metamorphosis of this city over the last two decades and i just think it's amazing.
1: Yeah, it has been. It's been an exciting um part for us to all be part of. So i'm i'm thrilled and i i this is a really special night for us not just kind of this big moment this like new landscape for the museum but also 60 years of this museum having an impact um and just the future of what is happening in Austin is thrilled to be part of, right, for all of us.
0: Yes, and you know, for 60 more, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, what the city and what, you know, what the Blanton is like 60 years from now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, congratulations on just a wonderful milestone. And, you know, we're so proud of the Blanton. I can speak as an Austinite and just its growth and how it really has helped attract world-class artistic talent to the city and, you know, I am most grateful as a resident of the city for that. And I just wanted to thank you for that. And thank you for the time today.
1: Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it so much. Um, I'm grateful for you inviting me on here. And also just every time I see you at the museum, um, you and Lance, it's really wonderful to have such great friends of the community. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure. And the 2020, the Blanton Museum of Art 2023 Gala Celebrating 60, A New Landscape, is on Saturday, April 29th. 2023 at the Blanton Museum of Art in Austin, Texas. For more information, visit blantonmuseum.org. And this is Rob Giardinelli signing off on fun and fundraising, reminding you, keep it fun, keep it interesting, and your guests will have a great time. Have a great day, everyone, and take care.